Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorkong, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news. With us today, happy to have him back again, Scott Burton, CEO of Fans Unite Entertainment. Show you the CSC under fans. Got to love that symbol, one of my favorite ones. And Fun FF for our friends in the U.S. Uh, for those new to the story, you can guess what the company does. The global online gambling market could potentially hit a trillion dollars by the end of this decade. The catalyst are A, just number of people going online, and B, the number of countries and jurisdictions that are now legalizing it because they want to keep that tax revenue for themselves. But small cap investors haven't been able to really participate in this space because it's dominated by the big traditional gambling companies. That all changes with Fans Unite. We call them the small cap iGaming super company. And we say that because they go beyond simple gambling and they attack both sides of the iGaming market. B2B as being a backbone to many platforms out there, providing them games and we'll talk about that. And B2C, as you can imagine, going direct to the consumer, direct to the gamblers with offerings there as well. Scott, welcome back. Hey, George. It's good to be back. The press release you put out, Fans Unite uh, Entertainment applies for UK gambling licenses. Typically, applying for any kind of license and all that wouldn't really, you think, to the casual observer, wouldn't be something that's so newsworthy or even worthy about talking about an interview. But in the press release, you said... The UK gambling licenses are widely regarded as the gold standard for lawful gambling gaming operations. So talk to us about how big of a move this is and then what we should expect out of that process. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's big for us, um, for the for what you just said. I mean, it is the gold standard. So, so you have a gambling license there. And I think there's no question you can go, you know, around the globe and, and do that. And, and so a lot of people have the licensing question, especially in the space we're in as we move more and more to regulation in, in new countries. Um, people have that comfort knowing that, that we can get a license like the UK. Um, it isn't one we had initially, so we have Malta. So that's a multi-jurisdictional license, which allows us to operate in you know, 150 plus countries. We have access to uh, a few others. But UK was really, um, you know, we do some business there with our, our sports book, McBookie, who isn't currently under one of our licenses. So when you're using someone else's license, uh, there's a cost associated to that. Right. Um, we wanted to help eliminate some of the costs in the, the McBookie business because they're doing amazingly on top line revenue. Um, doubled last year, probably doubling this year. Uh, we can take significant costs out by taking licensing back into, into the company, so Fans Unite. Uh, but then what it also allows us to do is, because it is one of the biggest gambling markets in the world, um, and then because it is highly regulated, to be a, a technology provider into a UK licensed operator, you will need a UK license. So it's just an extension of us really trying to be the, the global gaming company that we, uh, we are and intend to be. Um, so that was a piece that was missing for us in terms of an area where we want to be able to offer our software. Um, and that was the UK. So getting that license will allow us to offer our B2B product in there. Um, in addition to, to helping McBookie cut some costs out of their business. Um, what's the process like? What do you expect? What's the expectation as far as actually being, you know, approved by the UK gambling authorities, so on and so forth? I would assume you you guys obviously have a great reputation, but I would also assume they have very high standards. So what's the probability and then what's the timeline for, for acquiring it? 
So yeah, the, the likelihood is high for us. So having been through a number of jurisdictions before, and I've been through the UK process as well, um, so we've been previously licensed in the Isle of Man, which used to be on the UK's white list of jurisdictions when they had one. Um, they eliminated that in 2015, but that meant that you were able to market and advertise in the UK because you've been through their standards. So, so we've passed technical audits in uh, Isle of Man previously. We've been licensed there. We've passed technical audits in Malta. Um, so the process will be similar to what we've gone through in those two jurisdictions. It's heavy around um, due diligence on major shareholders, which we're, we're very comfortable with because we've done that a few times. Uh, Technology-wise, we're very happy about So, So there will be a tech audit um, that's post-license. So we'll, we'll obtain the license before uh, the audits. Um, so yeah, it's mostly just a matter of time right now for us and then getting through their process. So you, we really spent months leading up to the application to get ready. So everything's done, submitted, and now it's them. You know, the estimates always vary, but um, you know, and I think it's in that six to 10 week range is, is when we should have, uh, have the approvals, we believe. So we'll, we'll keep people posted as that oh, that's goes pretty along. Good. Okay, two to three months. I thought it might've taken longer. So, hey, we can all wait two, three months. Uh, that, that moves by lightning fast nowadays. Yeah. Um, what do you think would be the bigger emphasis there? Because uh, B2C, you've got McBookie. Would you try and uh, you know create more B2C or is it more the B2B where you have a really big advantage and you don't have to spend a ton of money trying to acquire customers? Yeah, right now it's, uh, it's B2B. Um, so we'll have two licenses. We'll have the B2B and B2C. Um, UK is a huge market, but it's also one of the most competitive. Sure. And, you know, our model has been in those markets uh, where the, like the US right now and, and, and uh, the UK is uh, we're, we're better positioned on the technology front. Obviously, we'll be supporting McBookie and their B2C, but we don't have any immediate plans to try and launch any more B2C in the UK. Uh, if we came across opportunities around uh, M&A, like the McBookie was, which was a great acquisition, uh, we'd look at that. I think, but in terms of launching a brand in the UK, we don't have any plans to do that at the moment um, and focus on the B2B side of our business. So on the B2B side, like you said, naturally, there has to be heavy competition there. But you guys have done a great job of differentiating yourself because you're not just providing the same old boring, you know, slot and casino games, all that. I guess that's where Ascot comes in. Uh, maybe you can explain to everyone how many games Ascot already has created, uh, how many more they're going to create, and why they're so cool uh, that you've actually got operators saying, yeah, we want to take these games on. Yeah, so the games, uh, we developed our game side of the business uh, last year to start producing our own uh, casino games, so built on a random number generator. And what we were trying to do or what we saw was was missing, um, you know, knowing the sportsbook space, uh, everybody needs casino to help uh, support the revenue and push users there. But there weren't the games that appealed to the same demographic that 18 to 30 year old gamers. So, so we started producing games that are um, video game look and feel, esports themes, really appeal to that, that user base. And um, so yeah, we're getting great feedback we set out to build a number of games. Our aim was um, four to five before we started the real business development. So, you know, everyone we've talked to to date um, has shown massive interest and wants to look at the games and take them in, 
into their products. So we needed to get to about a suite of four or five before it made sense to uh, start working with aggregators who bring in content from all the different providers and then plug those into casinos and sports books. So uh, we're actually started our fifth game now and our fourth one's just completing testing. So we've hit that milestone of four to five and now we're gonna push on more business development to get those out there. Obviously, when we get the UK license, we'll be able to do that in that market. And that was uh, one of the motivators for doing it. Uh, we do intend to have at least 10 out this year. Um, so we are speeding up. 10 games or, or 10 aggregators? So 10 games um, and multiple aggregators. So we, we did announce we've, we've done one aggregator deal and um, we are in their um, integration pipeline now. So the integration has begun with our first aggregator. Uh, so we were a bit at the mercy of their timeline of when they could start to our, do our integration. So that is happening. Um, so we'll be able to let people know when those go live on the first aggregator. And then now we're starting to um, move on the next ones to, to push them into more aggregators now. And what a lot of people don't realize is naturally they would probably assume from a, a business model point of view, you you uh, you generate revenue through licensing, either sale or you know li just a license. But you also participate in ongoing as as a piece of the pie, right? Yeah, yeah. So so with the games, um, it, it is a revenue share. So for every operator that these games land on, um, we'll be sharing the revenue from every operator. So just as an example, the the first platform we're integrating with uh, has 120 plus operators. Um, so that's potentially, you know, we, we can squeeze into 120 operators, um, then we do a revenue share on that. And again, the nice part about it for us is, um, you know, we just really make the game once. Um, that game's made, and then we can push it through the distribution model into hundreds or thousands of casinos, hitting thousands and millions of players, and, and we share revenue from every spin or pull or whatever the game may be. Um, so yeah, huge upside potential on the games. And have you guys got a real advantage there as a publisher of these games? Uh, because what they, I mean, I've seen them. We've flashed some across the screen during this interview, but really at the end of the day, I don't know how to assess those versus the competition. Probably a lot of people home don't. But what what kind of feedback are you hearing from from operators as to their appetite for the kind of games and and the the really great action that you guys are providing them? Yeah, it's been really positive. I mean, every everyone we've shown just clips to, like we haven't gotten in depth with a lot of people, but the operators we're showing to, um, you know, we get an immediate introduction to their aggregator, the provider they're working with. So we have warm introductions to every aggregator out there and, and customer pull, which is really what we're looking for. So as opposed to us trying to force them into aggregators and push them out, uh, we're able to go at it from the other side where we show an operator what we have and then they're pulling it through their aggregators. So the feedback has been great. That's great. And it's kind of what we expected and why we did it, but everybody's saying it's the exact type of thing they're looking to add, especially, you know, especially if you look at some of the newer brands and sports book that are trying or are skewing a bit younger. So, you know, I think DraftKings, for example, probably has an average age of about 27 you look at the Barstool sports fans, they're a younger fan. Um, so having casino games that, that they're going to want to play um, is a huge piece of the puzzle going forward for operators um, as they try and get new users. So that's why the eSports product we have is great. Same thing, bringing in a younger user. 
Uh, and then having a, a casino game for them to play is, is going to be key for any successful operator going forward. Yeah, that's why I love the Ascot Games part of your business. Uh, if you were just going into boring old slots and all that, you'd be going to a very competitive space. But you're also go you'd also be going into a space that is probably maxed out, maybe slowly dying off. And it's the new blood. Look, like everything today, you want to believe you want to be where the new blood is, really, right? And uh, yeah. and you can really make a difference there. Let's talk about a couple more things on the on just the biz dev side. Uh, Canada is going through some significant potential change of the legislation. We've talked about this. Single event betting is on the table. Where Where is that right now in Canada? And how do you guys plan to capitalize on that? Yeah, so Canada, the, um, the bill for single event betting is, um, it's passed two readings in the House of Commons. It's headed to the Justice Committee. So then what'll happen is the Justice Committee will make recommendations or changes uh, if they have any. It'll go back for a final reading and then it'll move to the Senate to be voted in. Um, so the last, you know, we heard was that you never know because the, uh, the Justice Committee was dealing, deals with legislation first or anything. So, so there's not a firm date on that, but everyone is, um, seems pretty optimistic that by May that that should be all the way through. Uh, you know, we're hopeful that that's the case. So. So late spring um, is when it's expected to maybe have that pass. Opens up, obviously, single event betting initially for government operators. So the Provincial Lottery Corps will then be able to make a decision um, on if they want to accept bets on single events and how they're going to do that. So I guess that's the first opening for us with our platform. Um, there's a whole bunch of unique products that come along with single event betting that the provincial operators would not have right now at all. Um, so, so we have ability to potentially partner in that front on a technology side. Um, that's the first one. Then the next one would be Ontario talking about opening up to outside operators. Um, the Alcohol Gaming Commission of Ontario is gonna be leading that where they will be the regulator, allow or, or offer the opportunity for outside operators outside of the government to move into that province. So we're, we're quite hopeful on that as well. It was in the Ontario budget. Um, there, the first um, request for opinions from operators came out last week from Ontario. So we'll be participating there. And, and then from that point, it'll be a push to, to figure out the regulation, which I think they're far along. So, so we're hopeful there. And that opens up two things. One, uh, we can be a, a provider of technology to a lot of new entrants in the market who are looking to come in. So they may not be in Canada, they may not be in gambling at all right now. So you look at media companies, telcos, we're, we're poised to be a platform provider for any of them. Um, again, it would be opportunities to, to launch a brand. Yeah, that's great. Who knows? Maybe a Gorkov will launch something, with <laughs> right? Uh, the, the, you, you never know, but that's that's a powerful yeah. way to, to go about it. And finally, US expansion. Um, how's that looking? Because you guys made history as, with creating the first ever e dedicated esports sports book uh, in the U.S. and you've been expanding on some other fronts there as well. How's the U.S. expansion looking? Yeah, it's it's looking what it's looking really good. So the, we announced the first esports book coming. Um, we're we're pretty close to I think having that go live with the Skyu Casino in Colorado. Um, so we'll definitely be back when that happens when it's live and taking bets in that state. Uh, from that has led a lot of opportunities. So uh, being approached around, again, the platform, not just from an esports side, but from a sports betting side. So we are 
um, talking to people now about entering that market. Uh, we're being pulled into a few states in some of those conversations. So we have kicked off our New Jersey application process. Um, and then we're just um, assessing which ones will be next, really based on the business opportunities. Um, I don't think we'd really anticipated applying for licenses in the U.S. at this stage, but um, the opportunities are there. We're being asked to uh, to try and partner with some folks there. So that's why we've begun that process now. Suffice to say, Scott, the company is in a great position. It just seems like on all fronts, you know, the, the existing business doing well. You've got the multi license. Now you're applying for the U.K. licenses. You've established yourself in the States and more people are asking you to partner up with them there. Canada, you just talked about, is the company firing on all cylinders? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's starting to feel like that. Um, you know, one of the things was we we did finance, so we raised money uh, close in January, and and um, we needed to, to ramp up and move faster. So I think since then, uh, in the last four or five weeks, I think we've added 11 people to the team um on the development side on customer support right. side so so we're still hiring aggressively but it's really to uh to get ourselves up to that all cylinders firing which um all the opportunities are there every piece of the business is sort of poised for the growth so now we're we're got the capital was really the last piece we needed to accelerate and and we're doing that now so yeah we're, we're well positioned cash wise uh, lots of opportunities and um bringing the people in the final licenses to be able to do it all and you've got the stock, you've got a, a nicely valued stock, great liquidity. What does that mean for M&A? Because if I'm Georgecom, a private iGaming company that's doing well and I wanna try and get my liquidity event, I'm, look, I'm assuming I'm looking at companies like Fans Unite. Uh, how's your M&A strategy looking, if at all? You know, what, do, do you have an aggressive M&A strategy for 2021? Yeah, we, we absolutely do. Um, you know, we're looking at a lot right now, and it's partly, I think, the strength of our board that we're getting a lot of opportunities in front of us um, and opportunities that probably not everyone are, or aren't necessarily shopping right now. So, so we're seeing some great companies. Um, we're being pretty selective, but we, we do intend to act on some of these ones that are in front of us um, definitely this year hopefully in the short term, um, but it is a, a big piece of our, our plan this year is to, to execute on a few more deals. Um, significant ones like we, you know, fans did the McBookie deal. We did the Ascot and fans merge. So um, those aren't small deals. Um, and, and we're looking to do a few more that would be pretty transformational for the business. Scott, congrats, man. Every single time we talk, the company gets stronger and stronger. Its tentacles just spread farther and farther. And like I said in the uh, intro to everybody, the global online gambling market uh, is expected potentially hit a trillion dollars by the end of the decade. And if you follow the Agoracom thesis that more wealth is gonna be created from small cap disruptive companies this decade than the last three decades combined, Fans Unite fits uh, right there because all the global Goliaths kind of dominated for the longest time, but we all know that new technology companies come along. They're nimble, they're faster, uh, and, and they can get a lot of stuff done. Uh, and I think you guys are, are right there. And I, I like, you know, I like, I love how you guys are moving along. We're shareholders. We're happy. And I'm assuming everyone else is happy at home. Last words to you, Scott, for 
you know, what you want to say to your shareholders in terms of uh, where things are going? Yeah, I mean, as you said, I mean, we're we're just at the early, early stages of this. Um, obviously, there's been some volatility in the market in the last couple of weeks and, and gaming's, you know, not been able to get away from that. But uh, I look at the strength of, of the, you know, the stock, the liquidity um, and our ability now to execute with capital behind us. And we're still only 50% of the U.S. license. Canada hasn't even done it yet. Um, so it's going to be, I think, a good ride for, as you said, I mean, this next five, 10 years in this space, especially in North America, is got tons and tons of upside. And, and I think we're well positioned as an early stage company to, um, to be a dominant player in the next five to 10 years for sure. Yeah. And that's how, I mean, we can't give investors advice, so we're not giving them anyone advice at all. You've got to go talk to your own advisors, partners, people. But the fact of the matter is true wealth is created when you find a good company and uh, believe in it and say, okay, I'm going to stick around for this company's growth. You know, constantly keep measuring it, make sure they're still on plan, make sure they're still on track. Everything is going fine. But in this case, Fan just raised a ton of money. They got incredible financial resources. So it's hard. It's hard not, it, it's, I, or let me say the opposite. It's pretty easy to make the case for, well, I'm going to give Scott and his team a couple of years here to see what they can do with this cash, these new licenses, the new opportunities. And, uh, and I hope that's the way people are kind of looking at fans, as long as you do your own due diligence and decide that that's, uh, that fits your thesis, because we can't do that for you. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Contained success. Can't wait to have you back on in short order. All right. Thanks, George. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platforms. To Scott Burton, CEO of Fans United Entertainment, trades on the CSC under Fans. And for Fans US, Fun FF, F U N F F. Get to Agoracom, get the company's profile, do your due diligence. And then from there, link over to the Fans United site, do more due diligence. Hopefully, today you discovered your next great small cap iGaming company. Thanks for joining us. Don't say we didn't tell you so 12 months from now. Have a great day. See you next time.